Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. Here we will delicately and tactfully walk through each psychological issue. Psych! This podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. This is not intended as individual, psychological, or medical advice. Please proceed at your own risk and always defer to your individual medical or mental health care team. Basically, don't make it weird, guys. Right. (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome to Shit Your Shrink Thanks. When you're not strong, now be your friend. I'll help you carry on for you won't be long till I'm gonna need somebody to lean on. I love it. I love it. So welcome back. This is our podcast, Shit Your Shrink Things. It's a podcast where two shrinks tell you what we think about life skills, mental health facts. We pour the tea on our own lives and we tell you how we're doing when we are using our own mental health tools. And we even introduce a new concept every week. It is cheaper than therapy. (laughs) <laughs> is what some people yes. tell us. <laughs> this is week two of our episode on empathy. And so that's a song directly related to empathy, obviously. Lean on me. I don't know how much more empathetic you can get. Yeah. Yeah. I have a funny story about I that song, it. actually. So once upon a time, I had just started undergrad. I was a freshman in college. And we had this, like, bus system that was take us. We... Uh, my friend and I lived like way up on the northern part of campus and it was like away from everything. So we had to take these buses to get down to like central and we were like pretty much always on the bus. And it felt like I would meet new characters every week on this bus. There was a lot of things going on on the bus. <laughs> Me and the bus okay. had some adventures. One of the adventures was for whatever reason, at that time period of my life, I was maybe a little bit more eccentric than I had historically been. And I started singing this particular song on the bus to myself because it was like me. And then it seemed like there was maybe like 10 other people on the bus and then my roommate. And I just kind of started singing it out loud. I was like, lean on me. And then uh, I just call on me, brother. Yeah. And uh, the people up front, I thought that they were deeply engrossed in their conversation. And they apparently weren't. They were listening to me. And they started singing with me. And soon, yes. yeah, and soon this it was like a movie. Like everybody on the bus started seeing this song, and I That's swear awesome. to you, everybody on this bus was musically gifted. It was like an episode of Glee. We were harmonizing. Uh, it was clear that all of us had been in choir, so we were like harmonizing, and we would do. We would. We even looked up the lyrics and just kind of like kept it going, and then. After we were done with that song, we were singing, like, Build Me Up Buttercup and a bunch of other, like, Ain't No Sunshine When She's Gone, a bunch of other songs. And, uh, yeah, we just kind of, like, kept going. And I didn't know these people at all. And I got off the bus and I did not know these people. And that was it. That's an epic experience. Yeah, it was just a moment in time. It was, like, 15, 20 minutes of just singing. And it was good. Like, I feel like if somebody listened to it, it would be really vibing. They think you were like a choir bus yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, we were vibing. And then it was just like, all right, guys, have an awesome rest of your day. I remember us, it was in the morning, and I remember us being like, 
We really all hope everybody here has a great rest of the day. That is the perfect start to a day. Aww. Whatever happens next, that's that awesome. was magical. Yeah, so that's my... The closest I have to that is not that close. <laughs> I, I want like... to hear it anyway. <laughs> In third grade, the teacher left the room and I started singing Pretty Fly for a White Guy. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest of the class kind of like started singing it along and then we you know shut up when the teacher got in like all went stone silent <laughs> we were not sounding great at all but uh <laughs> of course you're seeing pretty fly for a white guy good for you <laughs> and it was not close actually i think that is just as good <laughs> uh so Welcome back, everybody. Let's talk a little bit about our typical segment that we do this week called What's Good, where we tell each other either a story or a fun fact about our lives, or just talk about something generally that's good about our week. So what's your what's good this week, Michaela? So my what's good is something that I came across and found interesting. And to be honest, I haven't done my own deep dive research to really look into this, but it seems legit. So I'm going to roll with it. All right. (laughs) Buckle up. So supposedly the human heart has about 40,000 specialized cells or neurons that are kind of like Mm brain-like, and it creates kind of its own network in the Mm -hmm. heart. And some people apparently call it like the little brain in your heart. Yeah. And so these cells think independently and they feel and they remember. Oh, shit. Yeah. So like when you're having an experience, that means that it's registering both in your heart and your brain. So again, like if you have like a trauma, you and you're trying to like heal it through just simply doing like talking through it, but you're not really letting yourself like feel those emotions. Like that's why sometimes it doesn't necessarily feel fully healed. Like you're not tapping into that heart intelligence, too, because you've got to heal in both locations. Very interesting. Yeah, I just found it interesting because I've noticed, you know, sometimes if I have a difficult decision to make, you know, if I'm trying to think through that, I will just go back and forth forever, Mm -hmm. right? I'm just like, okay, but here's this, but then there's this thing. And whereas if I really try to like ask my heart, like if I like try to slow my breathing and kind of get a little bit more meditative, maybe put my hand on my heart and really like ask myself, you know, what's the right thing? I feel like I get a more clear answer. Yeah. Yeah. Like I get, I get, you know, like I just like, okay, no, this is what I have yeah. to do. So it's like I'm tapping into that heart intelligence, mm-hmm. which I didn't really know was a thing. That's kind of cool. That's so, a cool idea. Right. It also makes sense like why if you go through a bad breakup or something like that, it feels like your chest has been punched out. You literally hurt yeah, in the heart. Yeah. yeah. It like feels like an open, empty, gaping space in your heart area. And that's like very, very interesting. I like that a lot. I do too. When I have a big decision to make, I have to go off, be alone meditate and not even like think about it but just feel about it and see what Mm -hmm. my emotion will tell me because pretty much when I check in the heart will be screaming something super clearly it'll be like don't do that dumb dumb and then like but my brain can argue me into and out of pretty much anything that's yeah right yeah I can reason either direction with that brain like I can find all the different avenues and all the different pros and cons but it doesn't tell me what I should actually do. Whereas if I really lean into that heart space, I'm like, okay, yeah, no, this, this is the right, this is the yeah. right thing. Oh, I like that. Very cool fact. Very cool fact. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Like I said, I didn't do my own research, but it seems legit. Yeah. I think you're like, I'm going to go with I, it. I came across, I'm like, eh, I'm going to roll well, with it. Even if it, <laughs> even if it isn't like, okay, specific to the heart itself. I mean, the information or what you do with it still applies. True. But yeah. So what's your, what's good, Sunny? Uh, this week, it was my dog's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ooh, whoop, literally, whoop. Ah, woo, 
<laughs> so she got a lot of things for her birthday. I was really excited. I love birthdays. I love my dog. So it was just natural that we could have a dog birthday party. Uh, we didn't actually have a, a lot of people over, but we did kind of try to make the day special. So she got to play with her best friend who lives next door to us. They are best friends. And they love each other and they snuggle on the ground and share toys and stuff. So she got to play with her best friend. We took her to a little dog bakery. We got our little dog donut and also a dog yeah. cannelloni. Like they're they're made wow. to look like yeah. these, you know. Right. Or is it cannoli? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cannoli. Uh, not cannelloni. <laughs> It's cannoli. I knew what yeah, you were talking yeah. about. You've got the like whipped cream yeah, in the, the middle filling, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so we got her those two things. We got her a toy, like a little dog toy. And then we took her on an hour long walk. And she was just like, I think she knew. I think she knew it was her birthday. She fluffs up. Aww. She curls her little tail up. She kind of like chats at you because she's part husky. She'll be like, wow, 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 while we're walking. And you can, she makes you can tell noises. that she's happy yeah. and like thrilled to be there. And, you know, she got to chase squirrels and everything. So it was an awesome day. We were all just like, this is, yeah, this is our dog's birthday. This is who we are. This is who we are. I love yeah. that. I've always wanted to be that person that gives my cat and dog like birthday celebrations, but I never really do. I'm just like, pat on the head. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> you made it. Made it another year. Yeah, we were we were all very happy. I mean, she's our firstborn, so it, yeah, she's, yeah. A, she's a big deal. So we got to celebrate her dog's birthday, and that made me pretty happy, honestly. That was my what's good this week. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. yeah. Well, how did you do with your homework this week? Yeah, so my homework is really hard, it turns out. Uh, I was going to try to turn down empathy for other people, and that didn't work because a couple of my friends had emergencies, like literal emergencies, like once-in-a-lifetime mm. emergencies, and uh, my Kids. empathy was required. I had to I had to do it. I had to do the thing. Um Right. It didn't feel right to, to be like, sorry. Yeah, it was like, Mom, my homework is to not give a shit about you, actually. So, no, I it was like, oh, these are serious situations that if I turn yeah. off my empathy, I'm not going to have a really valuable data source. So I couldn't do that. Um, but what I did try to do instead was uh, to kind of more towards what you were doing to focus on validating my own emotions and then figure out what I need. And to try to take care of my own needs first. And I don't actually know. I, I've realized, like, I'm so <laughs> I'm so impaired in this area. I think I'm going to actually, like, have to find a worksheet. Because I, mm. I can do, like, it, I have found that one thing I need consistently is I like hot baths. I need a hot bath. Okay, I got that. And coffee. I can do that. And I can also do water, probably, and also sometimes food, right? Those are the, those are things that I'm like, yes, I am hungry. I need these things. I mean, those are kind of basic survival yeah. things almost. So those are, you know, that's not necessarily treating Yeah, yourself. but I don't like have any freaking clue. Yeah. I can do this for clients all day, but I've got not a freaking clue of what are even the options. Like, what are the mm. options of needs? I've got to find like a list because I could pick through, I could do a multiple choice, but I don't think I could self-generate. Like, I think maybe I could say I could need to go for a car ride by myself maybe or something like that. But I don't know. I'm, I'm going to have, or I will at least have to sit on my own and think about what are needs that I could have. <laughs> I don't, 
I don't yeah. actually know. I don't know if you have an easier time with that or not, but I don't actually know. So I can't say that I 100% do because I think where my hiccup is, I can basically care for myself mm-hmm. and it's the needs that I want met by others, I feel like, are dropped. Yeah. Like that. that's where the ball gets dropped so then like I can do for myself. But I'm also doing for others. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I, I always feel like I'm missing the reciprocity, mm-hmm. I think, is part of where where I don't feel like those needs yeah, get met. Yeah, I'm totally with you. And I kind of, like, got to a state where I was like, well, if I'm not going to get it for a, from a lot of, I definitely do get it from some people. Definitely, definitely. But if I'm not going to get it from a lot of other people, then, like, maybe I could try it myself. And then I'm like, wait, but these are the needs that other people need to meet. And then I was like, ah, I'm stuck. <laughs> Right. Yeah. It's like, but how do I feel that myself? It's hard to. Mm -hmm. I I was like, I'm confused. I'm out. (laughs) Like, and I can feel really, again, it's funny. If a client were to ask me the same question, I could come up with a lot of options. But on my own, I think I just don't take enough time. Uh, That's that's part of the other thing. So, yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Because there's a lot going on in life. It's hard to take to make the time to do that. It is. Yeah, that journey. Yeah, yeah. So that was what I tried for outside of session practice, and I just kind of like became aware of a deficit. But I can fix it once I'm aware. I can fix it. I was gonna say that's the yeah, first step. Exactly. Yeah. What about you? What did you try? Mine was yeah to have a little more empathy towards myself, and I mean I I think I did okay with that. But I'm also kind of just trying to ignore it. I yeah. think <laughs> like, I'm like, don't look it in the <laughs> eye. <laughs> if you look it in the eye, it gets angry. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I I sort of acknowledge that like yes, like you're you're going through a difficult moment right now, but I I wasn't probably the level of empathy towards myself that I needed because instead I'm like, but you got shit to do, girl, yeah, go. Yeah, there are other things <laughs> so, that are required of you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So a little bit of a deficit kind of kind of I think similar shoes yeah. where I did a little bit probably I still need to do a little more diving into how to really truly care for myself with all these other responsibilities and roles how to how to have that balance mm-hmm. yeah it's uh confusing <laughs> yeah it's confusing it is. <laughs> and i think at the end of the day like the thing that we just need is time and that's the thing that is least available yes that, yeah. yeah so it's like when when you get that take advantage of it <laughs> Definitely. And I'm so bad with time boundaries. Like I that's me too. That's a valid thing where I'm like, oh, shit, like I've just given this person this much time and that I can't get mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not that I don't want to give them that time, but <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Need, I need other time, though. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. Totally with you. That is also my personal boundary issue. <laughs> time boundaries are the worst. <laughs> So today we're going to go back to talking about empathy and we're going to be talking about the benefits of empathy, some minor drawbacks of empathy, and then when you want to increase empathy, how to do that. So let's just kind of jump back in here. We know, so it's like, do we want to even have empathy is is the main question. Like, do we want to have high levels of it? And I'm going to say, I'm going to go with yes. Empathy Mm -hmm. is almost universally associated with a net personal and social benefit, almost always. Um, So I would say that this is a human program feature and not a bug. (laughs) We we like this. We want to keep (laughs) this. Um, There are some minor drawbacks of almost like over empathizing. And we can talk about that. We've kind of already referenced that briefly because Michaela and I might be in the subset that unfortunately do do that. But for the majority, that's not 
going to always be true. So the first thing that we know that empathy predicts is increased empathy is associated with self-reported increases in positive well-being scores in humans across lifespan. So just a general report of like, hey, how are you doing as a person? How satisfied are you with your life? How meaningful does your life feel? How well do you feel? Empathy is associated with an improvement in all of those scores. Higher empathy people have higher scores on that. So there's like a Mm -hmm. correlation as in like, They report like, yes, I'm a highly empathetic person. I feel deeply. And yes, I'm satisfied with this in my life. So obviously correlation is not causation, but there are in a lot of these studies, they do remove the effects of other variables like socioeconomic status, education level, et cetera, et cetera. And empathy seems to be independently associated with improvements across the board. So that's good to know. We do want that empathy. is that's cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> nope, this is objectively related to something good. You do want this. So what else? Why else do we want to have empathy? What's another upside? So high empathy is also associated with increased number and quality of social relationships. So keep in mind that good quality social relationships are associated with improved physical health. So it stands to reason that having high empathy is also associated with good physical health. So you're going to have better relationships with people. Again, you're going to you can't have those deep, deep conversations and and feel that deep connection with somebody without some empathy. And by doing that, you know, you're also going to be probably improving your physical health because there's a, an association there between our relationships and physical absolutely absolutely like for example i mean i know when i was working in a chronic pain clinic people who had more social support often felt their chronic pain less severely than people who didn't have social support so like we can look at oh okay well if empathy is associated with better social support and more like more people in your life then We could think about things like chronic pain being mitigated or things like stress-related health conditions like heart concerns, stroke, that sort of stuff. And most health conditions have a stress-related component. And so when when you use empathy to increase social support, that can mitigate some of the stress-related pieces of a health concern, which is good to know. Yeah. That is. I can see that makes sense thinking about where our focus Mm -hmm. is, thinking about what we are dwelling on or paying attention Mm -hmm. to. If we have a a deep connection with other people, then we are engaging in their lives as Mm -hmm. well. Like we we have some kind of connection within their life. They have some connection with yours. So the weight of those stressors is kind of being carried by both of you in some capacity. And so I can see how, you know, you're not going to be just sitting there dwelling by yourself. Somebody else is like, yeah, this is really heavy. And, and you know, then you're like, yeah, and yours is really heavy, yes. too. It's a better deal. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah, cool. Yeah, it is cool. And there's also some probable evolutionary advantages. So why would this have even developed? There are, is some research that shows in mammalian species, mothers who respond to their young promptly with warmth and empathy, just kind of like attentiveness, they actually out-reproduce those who do not. Uh, so, hmm. and part of that made just because of like the survivability of the offspring, right? Like, oh, like yeah. whether the offspring survives or not. So it's like actually an evolutionary advantage just in terms of spreading your genes, get those genes out there. <laughs> so yeah, it, 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 this may be why it, uh, in part why it was evolved. Evolutionary. Yeah. 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 Makes sense. 
high empathy is also connected with better workplace relationships and results in advancement within your yes, career. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. In most careers. There are some exceptions sure. to this rule. <laughs> uh, sure, I, yeah. There are some cutthroat careers yeah. out there that I would never want to be involved yeah. in. But at least on some <laughs> level, the other thing is like... You have to be capable of one of the forms of empathy, whether it's affective or cognitive empathy. I think that, like, even if it's like a cutthroat career, you have to at least be capable of cognitive empathy, like be able to understand what other people are feeling, even if you don't feel it um, yourself. Mm -hmm. Because I think you still have to predict other people's behaviors. And so I think on some level, you still do have to have some form of empathy. Unfortunately, I think sometimes they use it manipulatively. Yeah, I think that can be true. I think some, some of yeah. those people Well, happen, th- this actually but... relates to our next point, which is that empathy, if you have high empathy, cognitive or affective or both, you can actually predict the actions of others, which can either help prevent danger or it can kind of get you ahead of the game, right? It can be used in a really positive way, yeah. which is like protecting people around you, promoting your own level of protection and safety. But I will be real with you. I use empathy all the time to predict things that I shouldn't know. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it's, I definitely have used this for the dark side before where like you can you can use empathy to manipulate a situation to your advantage mm-hmm. if you have that cognitive empathy because you're like, OK, well, this person feels this way. So if I took this action, then it would make them feel this other way, which means that they will do what I want them to do. Um, which is kind of like the darker set of the skills. And I don't necessarily yeah. endorse that, but that is like something to think about an advantage of empathy. But we can, that can be a positive, you can do that in a positive way too. If I do this, person X will feel this way and then they'll do this other thing that's helpful to me, but then I can help them later, yeah. right? Like, so that can even be just the foundation of a reciprocal relationship. It doesn't always have to be bad. Yeah, you have here, you know, it is protective against bullying. Mm -hmm. I can see how maybe unintentionally used it manipulatively to where I actually empathize. I'm like, listen, like, I see what you're doing and what you're going through. And that sucks. Like, that's not cool. And I don't like that. And it's, you know, I actually empathize. And then that breaks them down. And they're like, oh, shit, you got me. And then you actually, like you said, build a rapport in a relationship Mm -hmm. where you're like, I see what's going on behind the curtain there, man. And you ain't fooling me with your yeah. with your jazz. Yeah, and I don't even know if it's like um, maybe we could call it instrumental empathy, <laughs> like <laughs> like how there's instrumental aggression. Like instrumental aggression yeah. is designed to get something for you. Like I threaten this person, they give me money, whatever. Um, instrumental right. empathy, we could think of it as like I use empathy, and then they stop being a butthole to me. <laughs> Right. Um, but yeah. That's not like, again, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think an empathy can be very uh, useful. Like it has a, it's very useful and practical. You yeah. can also notice times you can use your empathy to read times when other people around you are not responding empathetically. And that could be a good protection mechanism because it's like, okay, well, is this just autism spectrum? And like this person is totally chill and you know, just neuro neurodiverse? Or is this like, uh-oh, this is a danger person. I need to get out of here, right? It can just help you read the right. situation, I think, better. And it also motivates pro-social behavior. So empathy is the foundation for 
Like career fields like ours would not exist without people who feel empathy. Physicians, right? Therapists, physical therapists, healthcare is founded in empathy. Nursing. <laughs> yeah. 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 You don't get into these helping people fields without having some level of compassion and Let empathy. me guarantee you that we are not paid enough. <laughs> <laughs> I will guarantee you that there must be some level of empathy first. And I think, too, also it, like, promotes pro-social behavior like volunteering or just helping other people. So it, yeah. it, like, kind of is a glue that binds our society in some ways. And finally, it's protective against things like racism, cultural bias, sexism, because when you feel empathy and you can really put yourself in somebody else's shoes, you are less likely to be a jerk to them. Yeah, again, it's not this otherness. It's a it's a collectiveness. It's a we have the same insides and feelings. I get what you're feeling and mm-hmm. that sucks. It's not like, oh, well, you're over there and yeah. I'm over here. Which that polarity, I tell you what, in these ever since 2020 has been in just bonkers sauce. It's bonkers. Like we're yeah. all the same, you insides know. Insides are I the mean, same. Obviously, we're all different and we need to celebrate differences yeah. in some degree, but we also need to relate to each other yeah. and empathize yeah we need to understand like the ways in which we are similar can help us to empathize with each other in a way that could like maybe promote some closeness between people and and reduce some division and barriers between groups and classes of people which so yeah, yeah. empathy is really protective against cultural bias or sexism or you name it i mean if you develop some sort of understanding between a person about their experience and they do that back for you we have something positive um, now, there are some drawbacks of empathy, <laughs> which we've talked about. Some of our listeners may be interested yeah. in, so I thought I would at least put it in there. So what are some drawbacks? Some drawbacks are if we are over-empathizing, we could have yeah. burnout. We could develop some codependency or we could assume someone else's personal experience based upon our own, you know, kind of project our own experience yeah. into them. I think sometimes I'm guilty of uh, doing that. Like I will over empathize. So somebody just told me that uh, somebody they knew passed away and I immediately just thought of like, you know, what if my husband had passed away and what if this situation happened to me and I immediately was like mentally like hobbled (laughs) and just like feeling awful and feeling this deep well of grief. And then I like thought about it. It's like that person does not look sad. They I mean, they're like a little sad, but they don't seem to feel like I'm assuming that they're totally destroyed by this in a way that I would be. And then that uh, that doesn't like totally leave space for them to report to me their experience. So You know, it's actually good to sometimes turn down the empathy because then you can hear what their emotional experience are. So it's like, yeah, you could you could come up with projections, but your projections, your empathy projections are not always what they actually feel. Right. Yeah, because it's based on your own experience. Again, we're all a little bit different and we all feel things a little bit differently. So and like you said, if you are projecting yours so Mm -hmm. boldly, you might not actually hear and connect with what they're expressing. And then burnout over empathizing. Like when you do that, the process that I just described, but 32 billion times a day, you're essentially going to it's going to like overwhelm your resources you're not going to be able to continue to yeah. do that. And then you will kind of have a rebound effect where you're just kind of like 
dead inside for a little while. And empty. Yeah. yeah. And that's not great yeah. either. So it's just like when it gets out of hand. And what's, can you like describe codependency just a, just a hair? I don't know if we did an episode on that. I can't remember. I don't think we've done like an official episode on it, but I think we touched on it again in yeah. those boundaries yeah. episodes. And, and that's where you really become dependent on the other person's needs yeah perspectives and on uh, yeah like your your needs aren't your own it's their needs that are the only thing you're kind of focused on it's like you're so interwoven and enmeshed that you don't really separate yourself as a person and what what's going yeah, on if for they're you. okay you're okay if they're bad you're bad sort of a thing and like right. that sucks because you yeah. have literally no control over another person's reactions and what they choose to do and that's yes. that's why that becomes difficult that's why codependency can become a problem because you just have no control and it can feel like you're at the whim of other people a lot and sometimes when your empathy is a little bit too high then we can get into that department of codependent behavior so these are some drawbacks i would say like globally as a whole very good thing to have very good thing to practice everybody should probably increase it but some of us we, we're okay <laughs> maybe not maybe not <laughs> so now so we yeah. all know someone out there who might need to use a hair more empathy i am notorious for being like hey you need to learn empathy skills to close partners or friends of mine and how do we help those folks or if you are one of those folks to cultivate empathy for yourself and others like maybe you've been told like hey i need you to just listen or validate me or sympathize with me or whatever that might be a sign that you're a person who needs to cultivate some of this empathy and how do you do that one thing you can do is having intentional pauses yes. between your responses so research shows that even 30 more seconds of listening without response may increase empathy in a conversation. So I think a lot of people, again, they, they're thinking about how they want to respond instead mm -hmm. of listening. But if you're really focusing on listening and you're giving that space to give them enough time to fully express themselves and kind of like, okay, is there any mm -hmm. more to that? I mean, some people will fill that space. It can really help build that empathetic understanding. Yeah, a good rule of thumb for somebody who is like not over taxing your resources, that is like, we all know that person who just like keeps talking yeah. and talking and talking and talking and you like cannot stop <laughs> this. But let's say this is sure kind of like normal run of the mill talking person. Give it like a one second pause after they're done finished, after they're done talking to make sure that like, okay, that was all they really wanted to say. And if you can put that one second pause, that means, yes, they actually were done there. And then you can respond. And people tend to have more empathetic mm -hmm. reactions when they slow the conversation way down. So that's a good one. Also, we want to practice being curious. So if you practice being curious, that tends to increase your empathy. So that is open-ended questions. Tell me more about that. What did you feel when that happened? What were you thinking? Those are open-ended questions or reflections mm -hmm. to check for understanding. So when Timmy told you that you were a butthead, you felt sad? Like that's a reflection. And the person can correct you right. and say, no, I didn't felt sad. I felt mad. And that will help with yeah. empathy because both of these things are deepening your understanding of that person's experience and also making sure that you understand it accurately. So these are critical. It allows just increased understanding. Yeah. And you can expose yourself to new experiences or even experiences that may be similar to the situation you are trying to empathize with. So just by letting yourself 
experience something new or whatever you're trying to connect with, that's going to help increase your empathy for that situation. I I can, I have like a kind of a specific example that I can think of here where, so I, you know, I didn't come from like, you know, millions of dollars of inheritance or things like that. Right. And um, I remember being in grad school and there were, there were people, actually I would say most of the people in my class did have some experience at least where they had like oodles and noodles and it just wasn't a problem ever growing up that it you know it wasn't like required that they work a couple of jobs at a time or whatever which no shade that's cool um but it kind of became clear to me in one of the classes that we were taking about financial stuff and how that affects clients it became clear that there was like not a lot of empathy there just simply because they had not had the experience yeah they never had that so it was like you know, sure. why would you spend money on this, that, or the other thing if you didn't have money was like a set of statements. But as somebody who has been there, you realize that like you do have to spend money on in advance on certain things in order to prevent other money from going out the window. So I remember thinking like all really would be needed here is this person to operate a year without money and they would literally like it would just become totally clear it wouldn't even be an issue but you don't think of the things that are behind your statement until you have been there and so that's like one way to just like you can put yourself in that situation or try to broaden your horizon and expose yourself to different experiences travel volunteering god being a therapist Mm -hmm. wow that will expose you to so many and or just like even exposing yourself to different situations church if that's a thing you're into yeah i was gonna say yeah the different volunteer options you can really place yourself into different Mm -hmm. settings that you wouldn't otherwise be exposed to you know soup kitchens or like a homeless clinic or you know, doing different things like that can really give you a perspective mm-hmm. shift to and some understanding to some of those other mm-hmm. struggles that maybe you aren't or haven't Red experienced. Red Cross, that sort of stuff. Like you and and don't yeah. go into it with like, I'm going to be a voyeur and I'm going to watch quote, quote, these people, <laughs> you know, go into it with like, I'm just here to help. I'm, my whole mentality is I'm just here to help. I'm just here to do something for somebody. And As an aside, what will happen is that you have, you just experience so many different walks of life that you realize that judgment is kind of futile and you have no fucking clue. And then you just kind of like, your empathy bone really grows. And so, yeah, exposing yourself. You know, I I worked in a homeless clinic for a while and sometimes it's like people who you wouldn't expect to have to experience homelessness do experience you know it gives you a little bit of a shift like it's it's not it's not all who you think it is there's a lot of people who experience it for a variety of different reasons and you don't know and you know kind of yeah you don't know most of us are just a couple steps then put yourself a little yeah that's the thing is like i think people perceive things cannot happen to them and thus they have low empathy yeah but the minute that you actually expose yourself to these situations you realize like uh, yeah, lots of things can happen to me, it turns out. And so you have empathy because mm-hmm. you're like, yeah, this could a lot of this could ha- really happen to anyone. Yeah. And I think that's something a lot of teenagers end up having yeah. to kind of, it's like a, a growth <laughs> period where that, you know, I'm invincible. That can't happen to me. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, shit, life really can happen <laughs> Yeah. The first time it's that Mike Tyson quote, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Yeah, (laughs) like the second you're the one who's getting punched in the face whole thing changes yeah 
So try to get right. a variety of experiences. Uh, you can also, if you're trying to get someone to empathetically understand your experience, you can actually write them the vignette or an, a description of what your experience is like. And you can even have them close their eyes and you can read it to them. So I've actually had to do this once or twice when uh, I was trying to describe what my job is like. And I needed a little bit more empathy from the party that I was describing the job. So I just like wrote a vignette of kind of my entire day and what I felt and thought like, yeah, I don't get to pee. <laughs> like I didn't, I don't get to go pee or have a snack. Yeah. And somebody's telling me about like the worst thing that ever happened to them and my stomach is growling. Yeah. Something that's super yeah, disturbing. And I, yeah. And then I would actually, I'm not going to give an example on the podcast because I don't want to trigger, but in these situations, I actually did give a couple of examples where I was like, and this is an example and here's another example. And like by the end of the experience, the person that I was talking to, I could feel them like kind of tearing up. And I was like, good. That's what it feels like, my friend, to do this thing. So I need you to have just a hair more empathy about my experience so that we can like kind of get along. Like I'm giving you empathy, but you need to give it back. And I didn't mean it to be like, it's not like, oh, I'm the Olympics of suffering, blah, blah, blah. Like I, I suffer so much. No, and it wasn't nope. like a punishment or anything either. No, it was just a, you're not, you're not picking yeah, like, up what I'm laying down. You're not fully yeah. grasping yeah, what like, I'm I need you to hear me when I say I need alone time. <laughs> like, we're going to do an exercise. <laughs> You're going to hear me. So that was like one strategy I've used in the past. And it was effective, right? Like, it was like, oh, I didn't even think about. It's it's not people are trying to be jerks or anything. It's that, that there are pieces of your experience they just don't think about. Yeah, I like that. That's cool. I would have never quite thought of that your exercise is forcing them to kind of experience yeah, your experience. I get creative when I'm annoyed. Which I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I get really creative when I'm pissed off. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> so what else can we try uh, for right. empathy building? We can also try mindfulness practices. So mindfulness does increase our self-compassion and empathy for others. There are mindfulness-specific practices that are designed to increase compassion mm -hmm. for others. I mean, you can literally Google yeah. Google it, get on YouTube. Start with self, but then find compassion for a friend. Then find some compassion for an enemy. And then maybe some for yeah. the earth, for the yeah, collective. Yeah, it, it, always, it always starts, the compassion exercise always starts with you, but then it branches out. And the more you practice yes. it, the more empathy you build. So this is a really good one. Um I, I really liked this one, especially for like kids and teenagers, read fictional stories. So the more fictional yeah. stories uh, somebody reads, the more empathetic they tend to be. Actually, research has associated like being able to engage with fiction as something that promotes empathy. So that's a pretty cool experience. I can see that because you're using your mind and you're, you know, you're really connecting with the characters when you're, you know, deep in a book. And I think there are, like you said, some movies or shows that you could do a little bit of that stretching with. But there is something to be said about the imagination required within mm -hmm. reading that really helps you hit home with that yeah, empathy bone. The next thing that you can try is physical touch. So obviously this has to be somebody that you are supposed <laughs> to be touching. <laughs> consent <laughs> do not touch people you're not supposed to be touching please uh but if this is somebody you're supposed to be touching then you can like hold their hand or like touch their face and this can yeah. down regulate both of you guys' nervous systems so that you are in a space where you can actually have an empathetic space because empathy tends to be easier when your fight or flight system isn't activated so this kind of like cools you down a yeah. bit and helps you get to a space where you can be more empathetic which i always like 
Yeah. Or I've done it before, you know, putting a hand around someone's kind of back a little bit, you know, or like kind of doing like a little back Mm -hmm. rub while they're trying to express themselves Mm -hmm. and and kind of empathizing with them in that situation. I love the back rubs. What else? Also, just by identifying common ground, some similarities in your values, your experiences, your histories, you know, relating to that person. So then you know, they can, they know that you're empathizing. They know that you're, you're picking up what they're laying down. There's that validation mm-hmm. in, in their struggle because you've been there. The struggle yeah. is real. And if you're, <laughs> and if you are struggling to relate to somebody, you could ask yourself, in what ways am I the same as this per- person? In what ways do I share mm-hmm. goals or values? Or in what yeah. ways, like, do I have similar personality traits? And then that can at least put you on the same page with them and as if you are together and that will promote your ability to empathize with their situation. Yeah. And you could also do just a thought experiment, you know, intentionally second guess yourself once in a while and kind of, again, place place yourself like what if what if this did happen to me? Like what if I was experiencing this? What would mm-hmm. that be like? Absolutely. It, these all can really improve your empathy. So that's kind of our information about empathy today. I think uh, based on that, I do have some ideas for myself. Uh, but what what are you interested in doing for outside of podcast practice? I think I want to continue on the self-empathy mm-hmm. train. I think I need, I need to work a little deeper there. So I'm going to just keep that goal and see if I can do a yeah, little more. I could see that. I, I am going to continue my three good things like every time I or just noticing what's positive in the moment and intentionally directing my brain to that space because I've had like for example I've had a gnarly week but this has been really pleasant you know recording a podcast has been really pleasant so I can think about that and be like I got to see a friend I didn't see and I got to record a podcast I got to be not screamed out by a baby so like these are good these are great things right (laughs) so just focusing on that uh, but also, I think I might need to come up with a list of, like, what our needs a person could have <laughs> and just, like, have a multiple choice for myself. What do I need right now? Oh, my God. I don't even know. Because my answer is always coffee, bath, food, water. That's what I got. Yeah. I've seen it before where you could, you know, you look up those different needs or those different self-care kind mm. of activities and you put, like, print them out on paper and cut them up and put them in a jar and then you can, like, kind of just yeah, pull Yeah, that's them not out. a bad one. Like, just, I'm going to have, oh, great spirit, decide for me. And then I pull. Right. What, how should I care for myself <laughs> yeah, today? Yeah, pull one. Okay, good. Thank you. Yeah. Although I could see what I would end up doing is I'd pull it and be like, I don't want to do that one. <laughs> I only know what I need based on what I do not want to do. <laughs> I'm, uh-huh. Yeah, that Basically. actually is not a bad strategy, though, for figuring out what you need. Because if you're like, I don't want to do that thing. Fair know? enough. True. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, well, yeah. no, not that one. Okay. These sound like good homeworks. We'll, we'll try that out. I do have a couple of jokes for you today. Awesome. I have one. Uh, do you want to go with yours first so I don't steal it? Yeah, sure. What do you call a bike trail that shows no empathy? Hmm, I don't know. A psychopath. <laughs> That's a really good one. That's a really, really good one. I like that. Okay, my uh, my husband accused me of having zero empathy, and I just don't understand how he can feel that way. <laughs> okay, one more. I don't have empathy towards anyone, but I feel bad for people who do. <laughs> yeah so those are our jokes Uh, this week everyone thank you so much for tuning into our podcast about empathy we so appreciate it 
And uh, we're looking forward to checking you out next week. If you have the option to rate, review, subscribe to our podcast, please do so. It helps people find us. And we will check you out on the other side. Bye. Bye. Bye.